Hey everyone, happy holidays from Community Roots. I just wanted to take a moment before we started the episode um, just to kind of reach out and connect um, before we start talking about other stuff. Um, I just wanted to say I know that the holidays can be a lot for some people and kind of difficult for some people. And while we won't be covering holidays today, you can go back. We have um, covered it in the past. You can go back and check out some of our episodes. I did a quick search for you just to help out. Um, But especially if you look at the end of season one on 17, 19, and 21, we talk about a lot of different holiday help, coping skills, dealing with difficult family and friends, um, or just dealing with grief in general. Um, In episode two, uh, episode seven, during Mother's Day and Father's Day, we also talk about difficult days as well. So um, definitely, uh, if you're kind of going through a lot, I would encourage you to reach out um, there. Otherwise, we will be going over some fantastic stuff today. So uh, I'm so excited to introduce this episode. I hope you like it. Hey everyone, welcome to Community Roots, a place where we gather in community to talk about mental health so we can travel the journey of life together. I'm Samuel Richards. I'm Julie Richards. I'm Sarah Wakefield. And uh, welcome back. Another great episode. I was just remarking, um, and mom was just remarking, one of uh, some of my favorite people and at my favorite time (laughs) recording Community (laughs) Roots. Yeah. Thank you, people. And uh, you guys are definitely a part of that. Um, We've had a couple of people reach out and I really appreciate that. I'm looking to get some off the beaten path in the pipeline. So um, if there's somebody you want to hear out from or uh, connect with, definitely reach out and let us know. Um, That's something that I, that was one of my favorite parts of um, Community Roots. And I'm excited to start that up again. But anyway, (laughs) before I get sidetracked, um, this is how you know I'm pretty good at uh, small talk with IT. <laughs> I can just keep going. <laughs> you can always for a while. keep conversations rolling on yeah. all kinds of topics. You're like, oh yeah, we could also talk about this. And it's then, a blessing and a curse. <laughs> there you go. But anyway, uh, this episode we've titled "Growing Yourself Up," um, which essentially is a way that we're going to talk about ways to strengthen your functional adult. And so I'm really excited for that. You know. We've got we've taken a lot of time this season to define things, to go through things. And I think this is sometimes what I think of as like a deep tissue massage, you know, as we um, kind of go through and really learn stuff. Sometimes I feel like, you know, we glaze over stuff and this is really an opportunity to de- um, dive in. So growing yourself up. Let's do it. So tying this back to our last episode where we um, could look at all of the, uh, ego states with the wounded child, the adopted adolescent and the functional adult. When we're talking about parts work and growing yourself up, what essentially that means is that we want to help bring that functional adult online, um, to be more present, to be more aware And it's that ability to stop and pause 
so that we can be regulated enough in our own nervous system that we can allow that prefrontal cortex to be online, to be able to make some deliberate decisions about how we want to do things and that, that we want to choose ways that are functional and healthy and supportive to ourselves, to our relationships that we're in. And what will happen if we're not in the present is that we will slide into a more adapted state. So just as a quick sum up from our last episode, um, the adapted adolescent is that part that tries to parent the wounded part of us that might feel abuse or neglect. And it does that by being on extremes of like black and white, being harsh or rigid, perfectionistic, unforgiving, entitled. It's kind of like a kid version of trying to be an adult that isn't working. An adapted adolescent doesn't want any intimacy or skills. The adapted adolescent is concerned primarily with self-preservation. So intimacy feels threatening and the idea of vulnerability is too Mm. much. So when we're doing this parts work, we realize that if we go to the core of our wounding, it's probably pretty raw or deep in our wounded child. If we go all the way down to the beginning of the story and what healing looks like is to speak for our wounded part, whether it's the wounded child or the adapted adolescent, we want to speak for that part, but not from that part. So meaning we want the functional adult to show up to do the work and to be able to verbalize some of um, what is underneath it in a functional way, not in a, an extreme uh, wounded child or adapted adolescent response. Julie, last week, we, I think we covered a little bit of the functional adult reparenting and healing by, but for the functional adult to speak for the wounded part, um, what are some things that, it, that we can like speak to each other or speak to ourselves with? I guess I want to give a visual for a moment first. Like if, if you are thinking of showing up into a conversation or into a meeting or into a relationship, you're leading with your functional adult out front and you're kind of allowing that wounded child to kind of step behind you where it can feel safe and protected. And it's not going to be doing the speaking and the leading. Mm because it's coming from a place that is very overwhelmed and flooded. And remember that a wounded child has no boundaries. So it's likely to blame and shame and attack and wound someone else out of their wounding. Mm. And so that's why we don't want the wounded child to be the one that we're speaking from. But as far as what would those words look like, it would be able to express the same concerns, but in a healthy, mature way. So if we go back to the idea of what the wounded child feels, they have overwhelming, intense feelings. They feel abandoned or sometimes suffocated. They might have needs or wants that need communicated. So it would be able to do that in a balanced way to say, like, I'm feeling really isolated right now. I feel like I'm needing more support. 
that would be a functional way to say mm-hmm. it where I'm not blaming someone else and saying, mm-hmm. you abandoned me. You're never here for me. So typically if you've ever heard of like some skills in communication with conflict, you lead with I statements instead mm-hmm. of you statements. Mm-hmm. So a functional adult is able to own what they feel. Like I feel, I feel, um, like I, I'm needing more support in this. I feel, um, I feel alone in this project. That's something that they can own. They're not saying you never do your work and you've left me alone in this and you've abandoned me. That would be more of blaming or attacking. Does that help answer your question? Yeah. And I kind of want to go back to this, uh, this first part about the adapted adolescent. I'm rereading uh, your PowerPoint again. And it's interesting that it's the part that tries to parent the abused and neglected, um, the abuse and neglect, the black and white, but really it's the functional adult who needs to do the parenting, the reparenting. Right. And I want, that's just so interesting to me that we get stuck in that cycle or in that, at that maturity, quote unquote, maturity level where we're here. We are children trying to parent children, you know, adapted adolescents Mm -hmm. are not adults mm-hmm. and and yet we get and and that's where we get stuck like that's where that's just so interesting to me mm-hmm. yeah the being harsh or critical or judgmental those are adapted ways of interacting mm. so mm. being able to name what the reality is to say like say you're parenting a child or adolescent who doesn't have any of their homework handed in for the semester you don't have to attack them and say, you're lazy. You never do your work. You're stupid, but you can name the reality and you can say, okay, this semester, there's, there's a lot of zeros here. So like what's going on, help, help me understand where some of the barriers, what are are you needing more support? Is it that you don't understand the material? Like help me know how I can be a support for you in this. That's not attacking. I I think that's interesting what you had said, Sarah, about like adults kind of chill. There are some adults where children are kind of parenting themselves, you know Mm -hmm. what you were saying. And um, I mean, I also think that's encouraging too, in a way that like what we're going over now is a way to kind of parent your inner child in a healthy way. And we probably all have ways that, you know, are underdeveloped and we can kind of parent ourselves. I think it's cool that it, it's both sad and tragic that it works in the way that sometimes we're kind of adapted adolescents kind of hobbling through life, trying to teach ourselves things and really just criticizing things. And then mm-hmm. at the same time too, we can also be, you know, the um, functional adult teaching our inner child so we don't have to hobble and I think it can be and I mean it sounds like what we're doing with this podcast is it's through interflection and it's kind of like a process that you can go through yourself and a lot of us are probably a testament to that (laughs) it's crazy that this is work we can do ourselves right of all like we can't perform surgery on ourselves unless you're some skilled uh physician on and master and commander and you can like cut out your you know, bullet from yourself or whatever. But that sounds dangerous. <laughs> with, with the, you know, we're not MacGyver here. Own surgery. <laughs> this is a huge gift to be able to do this ourselves. Yeah. Like plants can't feed themselves. And yet 
they grow and, and we're feeding ourselves like this is a way for us to feed ourselves and we can do it. I mean, we have to do it in concert with, you can't, I don't know. Maybe it takes I'm, work. I'm, yeah. And it's, you and don't want to do it alone. You want uh -huh. your support systems. That's part of it too. <laughs> I think that's actually part of it. <laughs> you can't yeah. do it alone, but you can kind of be your own teacher, I guess. Or I Somebody guess, listening like, to these episodes could, is understanding what we're saying. Yeah. Like they get it, but you need, you still need real life examples and mm -hmm. support teachers. It's definitely a both and I think, because we can do so much work when we take the time to pause and reflect and notice what's going on with me. What is my body telling me? What am I needing? And that we're committed to that healing journey for ourselves. And then it's also that we're not made to be on this planet alone. Like we're made for relationship. And so we need safe people who can be there to be our mirrors, to see us and hear us and reflect back to us who we really are whenever we're feeling maybe beaten down or stressed out that there's someone there to co-regulate with us. But there is so much that we are, and there are so many resources out there as far as like how to heal, how to grow, how to um, notice where are the areas that we are stunted. There's so much out there. Like it's, I think it's, I, I would say that's a both end. Mm. I, and I think it's pretty cool. I totally agree. And obviously you're the expert. So yeah. But anyway, um, I also think too, that, um, I've noticed these episodes totally help. Like I edit them. I mean, well, I experienced them live and then I edit them and then normally listen to them again through other means. So I listened to these a couple times <laughs> and I feel it sink in. Like I, I was going to say earlier that I, there was definitely times that I was using my functional adult to kind of coach an inner child just when dealing with, you know, a difficult situation and I could feel myself going different ways and then just being able to take, take a breath, return to my window of tolerance and then just kind of work through. So it's really cool how, you know, this is kind of a hobby for me. This isn't my job, but I'm still taken away from it. It reminds me of the recovery principle. It works if you work it. There you go. It's like when you're doing this, it changes your life. If you mm -hmm. hear it and you just kind of passively take in the information like, oh, that's interesting. It's not going to be transformative. But if you take it in and allow it to be an experiential knowing and really let it be integrated and digested and you sit with it and you're like, oh, this probably applies to this particular relationship or that particular situation, or this isn't, a, this is a time it's like you're living out and practicing the things that we're talking about. It's the same idea as taking meditation or yoga off the mat you're, you're using the things that you're learning about to actually apply them and connect them into real mm -hmm. relationships and situations. So there's a gratitude right there that I think that all of us just shared with <laughs> being able to like, just with mental health, being a pretty awesome um, tool that we're able to exercise and grow kind of like exercise, like something that you can just start doing and feel that muscle grow. I really love that, Julie, about recovery. It works if you work it. I just, I really, really like that. You have to practice. Yeah, we need Alexander Wells to design a couple of logos for us just with <laughs> feeding your inner plant. Trail mix. Some, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking of him actually 
in the last day or two, like I had reached out, I need to reach out again and follow up. Well, Alexander, this is your call out. This is a shout out. (laughs) We'll know if you listened or not. I'll just wait by my phone and wait for it to ring. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a really um, solid course of action. Uh, well, Pia Melody talks about how we recover, how we heal. Um, sometimes recovery, that phrase, that word, I guess, is technically a word more than a phrase, but the concept of it is sometimes people think of it in terms of alcohol, drug addiction, um, any kind of an addict. I really love seeing recovery as pretty much how do I live my best life? Like, how do I heal, grow everything that this um, season three has been about for community roots? And what Pia talks about is that um, recovery is a process of three different things. She says, face reality, grieve, and then grow up. And so reality is that how, how did things happen for me or not happen for me when I was growing up? Did I have some unmet needs that got kind of pushed aside or emotions that get, um, kind of swept under the rug? Are there some places that feel unresolved for me? Um, do I feel heard and seen? Do I know who I am? So I'm doing that work of like, um, Rick Butts that, um, is part of, he's, I guess the person who probably introduced Pia Melody to me, um, one of my mentors. Mm. And he talks about the idea of getting your story straight. Like reality is like, what's going on for me? What does that involve? And that grieving part is that sometimes reality wasn't something that I liked or wanted, Mm. or sometimes I didn't have what I needed in enough, um, compassion or validation or mirroring back to me or secure attachment. We've talked about those dynamics. Um, so I have to grieve that I don't always have that. The beauty is that I can still get my needs met and it's developmental across the lifespan. So where I've had holes or gaps or where I've been stunted, I'm not stuck. I don't have to stay there. I can go back and do the work. And then as Pia talks about, then I can grow up, which is what we're titling this Mm -hmm. specific episode. Like, what does that look like for us to grow yourself up? So Julie, um, I'm taking notes because this is just wonderful, but the facing reality, you're grieving. Um, and then have you touched on the growing up or are you still getting there? That's where we're headed. That's what we're okay. going to do. Okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But we're not stuck there. The grieving we did like, it sounds like you're talking about like an objective review, you know, the facing reality is also review, but also allowing yourself to grieve. Like that's a really interesting step because I don't want to grieve. I I'm on a look at what my reality is or was, and then move on. Yeah. I think our society is, um, not particularly skilled at grieving. Like it Mm. is much more of a get over it. It happened, move on, pull yourself up. You got to keep going. And we don't pause to allow grief to work its way through us and to really feel it. And 
I think grief, which involves sometimes death, but sometimes loss, sometimes change or transition or identity issues or relationship issues. Like there's so many layers of grieving that it comes up in waves. Like sometimes we feel, you know, I really have grown a lot and I can see where I've changed and things feel better to me now. They feel more resolved now. Hmm. And then out of nowhere, we can just kind of be hit with this wave of tenderness or rawness or pain or sadness and just think, oh, that hurts. It hurts again. Like, and it goes through these, it's kind of cyclical or circular. It's not just step one, step two, step three, and you crossed it off your list. You did that. It's like, oh, I bet there's more grief in there. Like when I'm feeling all these unresolved emotions, for instance, I think I've mentioned it on here before that they taught us in grad school when we're doing work with clients who are really struggling to look for the unresolved grief look for the thing that hasn't been really grieved and processed. So that's something that our culture doesn't speak to or model or talk about. I think you can see it and even how we respond to different things. Like so often you'll get a response after saying something sad is like, oh, well, like things come to pass or like, it'll get okay. Just, and it's just interesting and we've talked about the talked about this before, but essentially just being able to sit with it or just being able to kind of experience things is okay. And um, yeah, and part of growing yourself up, <laughs> it mm-hmm. sounds like. But I do see that even in our language or how we respond to things or even the sayings that are common within English um, are just interesting how they kind of affirm what you said about just kind of wanting to get to the next step, just Mm -hmm. kind of pushing it down. People want to move on. mm -hmm. And they really, I think often when we don't know what to say, it's because we feel anxious or uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And so we try to say something it's well-meaning it has good intention, but it's not particularly helpful or as supportive as we would hope, you know, telling someone they're in a better place or, Yeah. Um, You know, something, it's just like this trite little statement that's really ends up being quite painful because it's like, well, that's totally missing the point almost like. Right. Can we just give it a moment just like to have a pause? Doesn't that mirror back some unresolved grief of their, of whoever the, the um, person who's saying it, whoever says it, I think it's also like, wouldn't that be an indication of, oh, maybe you have some unresolved grief that you need to process. Yeah. I would say that makes some good sense. It's interesting how, you know, you were saying just previously, Julie, that you can experience this, like you might be feeling really good about yourself, feeling like you're making a lot of progress. And then you get hit with this tenderness, this rawness, another, like this grief out of nowhere. Um, And I definitely have experienced that where you feel like I'm making so much progress. I've been in therapy for years. I just had EMDR or I had like this really huge breakthrough. And then not too long after that, or when I'm still recovering from that, I do, I feel this, something else pops up and it's unresolved grief. Um, Or, or it's uh, a flashback a memory or something triggers me where I think, oh, I didn't get what I needed. 
um, at this time in my life. And I didn't get uh, served nutrients, <laughs> you know, the stuff that will help me grow. Um, and it makes you sad or makes me sad. I shouldn't say you, it makes me sad. Um, but I've come to acknowledge that as being normal mm-hmm. and I, I did, it's taken me a long time to get over mm-hmm. that. I, I want to skip the grieving part. And when I'm faced with a trigger or something like that, I just, am like, Oh, better fix this. Like something came up, better fix this and move on. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This really strikes home for me. Mm-hmm. I think it also points to something that we've talked about a couple of times as well as like your emotions, we don't want to shut down emotions because they're warnings. They're like your body telling you something's off. Mm. And I think I feel the same way with almost with happy emotions or something like excited things. I'm like, yeah, let's talk about that as much as we want. You know, how do you feel about that? What do you think about that? And then once it gets to hard stuff, it's harder for me to, you know, sit down and process that just because it's hard and it's kind of, you know, it doesn't in, like shoot endorphins off in my head mm-hmm. or whatever. <laughs> Julie said uncomfortable earlier. It's uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. it is. And it's and- not really something that we fix. It's not like you can get to, uh, oh, I can solve that or there's a solution for it. It's mm-hmm. sometimes just being able to be present with it. Yeah. I love Ooh. this chocolate. It's so good. Oh, cool. Let's talk about that. And then you have like the trigger, which is chocolate. And then it's like, <laughs> or the resolution, you know, like the chocolate makes you happier or whatever it is. And then with sadness, you're right. There's just kind of an, I can't really solve your problem, but we mm-hmm. can talk about it and I can be here. Mm-hmm. Hold so space hard. with it. So let's talk about some practical things that you can be looking for practicing, I would say is a great word, building a muscle for growing yourself up. Um, You can increase the ability to observe patterns instead of judging or interpreting them. So this is the idea of just noticing, like I'm just, I'm noticing, I'm becoming more aware. I'm kind of being awakened or, um, I'm able to see and hear and be more present to just see where there are some patterns. I don't have to put judgment on them. I don't have to even find all the meaning in it all the time. Sometimes I can just notice it, be more alert to it, more aware. And in that we cultivate curiosity and mindfulness. Mm. So curiosity is a state of openness. Like I want to learn or see something new, kind of a beginner's mind. Um, Mindfulness Mm. is that I'm being very present to if I'm eating my lunch, I'm tasting each bite, I'm noticing texture or smell Mm. or taste, or um, I'm breaking things down to just that very moment that I'm in. So being in our functional adult or growing ourselves up means that we cultivate these things of curiosity and mindfulness. When we start to notice that we have kind of a pattern where we feel stuck or there's something habitual that we we really don't like something that we're doing because it's not healthy for us, it's not a good choice because we're noticing it, because we're not judging it and we're just staying open to it. What we can do is we can practice a new response and to say, I don't have to keep doing the same thing over and over again. Maybe there's a different approach. Maybe there's something I could untangle or try. Um, an example of this for me in my own life recently, 
I was having a hard time getting my yoga in the routine. I always used to do it before bed, which was a really great time for me because it would be very relaxing to go to sleep and I would sleep mm -hmm. great. But sometimes if I start really late at night, then I'm like, I'm not getting enough sleep. So, oh, yeah. so I had this like challenge mm. of how am I going to not skip yoga, but not be too tired. What time can I do this? Cause I tend to get home from work, you know, a little bit later and then I eat dinner later and you have to digest it before you can do yoga. So all of this, but all of a sudden it just kind of came to me one night. I was like nine 30, nine 30 would be great because my dinner has digested. I'm not too tired to do it. I can still finish my yoga and have something like some window of time, if there's something else I want to finish up that night. And I picked which days of the week I want to do it and I'm doing it. And that's like, cause I'm noticing this pattern and I made some changes and I came up with a new response. Julie, that's so practical. I love that. Just I'm the, excited about it. You got, instead of beating yourself up a bit, I mean, maybe you did, maybe you didn't, but the functional adult Kicked approach in. would, yeah, do you know, don't beat yourself up over it. You got curious, like, what can I do? What kind of changes can I make? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great application. Something else I wanted to say earlier about curiosity is how being curious can help fight dementia and things like that. So it's just another good reason to help spur your functional adult and say, hey, you know, I'm... <laughs> keep your brain healthy. Yeah. Keep your brain healthy mm -hmm. and active. That's something that actually helps. So, and you know, it might see mundane. There's one podcast that talks about little victories that I think is a really cool concept where they're like, we don't care if you've won the Oscars or Emmys or whatever it is, come and tell us about, you know, somebody said they got a tear in their shirt and that same day they sewed it back together. And that was their little victory. And I think that, you know, that's like a great example of it can be any kind of breadth of kind of what to do. And I think that's a great way that it pays off mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. For sure. I know we didn't want to title this one as a holiday or tag this one as a holiday episode, but with the holidays comes family gatherings. And I know family gatherings are looking different again this year, just like they did last year. Um, Julie, was family conflict? So say like it's a holiday gathering, you have I'm thinking of not my dad, dad, you're wonderful, but like parents who are maybe operating as um, adaptive adolescents and, and you're the one listening to this podcast or you're the one going through your own healing journey, but what are some practical applications we can do with say we're at a family gathering and, you know, dad or mom is, you know, triggering, like you're getting triggered in these moments and these, um, gatherings that I've said five times now, but what's a great, like, what's a practical application right now to help with that? Actually, I'm glad you're asking that transition question, because as we go through this, um, growing yourself up list, that's the answer. So I'm just going to like channel that question through kind of weave that through these next things, because what you do is you, you increase your awareness of these adaptive parts, like where you see, it might be in yourself or even in others, like you're describing, like seeing that in someone else. 
Um, so that you, you notice it, you know, like going back to the beginning of our list, you're noticing you have awareness of this is a wounded child response. This is an adaptive adolescent response. And it within yourself, you want to listen to and nurture your own wounded child. So if it brings up needs for you, like I'm never seen, I'm never known. I always feel this, that never and always kinds of words that tend to express a lot of wounding or trauma history or unresolved places. Um, listen to that part because that part needs time and attention from you in that moment. And then, you know, when there are boundaryless situations, what we need to do is set limits and have uh, moderation. So we're using a containment boundary to say, you know, if someone is intrusive or enmeshed with us, then we need to set up a boundary to say, I have this much time, or this is a good day or time for me, or this is where I need to step back. So we're aware of what those limits are and we're acting on them. Those are ways of growing up. So in the um, interactions that you're describing, being at um, family events over the holidays, so much of it is boundary work. Um, and we'll be getting into boundaries in our next episode. Um, but for now, this idea of growing yourself up you give yourself protection whenever you use a listening boundary and you allow yourself to be vulnerable when it's safe enough to do so. When you feel like you can connect, that's a way to be relational, but um, you balance this between the idea of connecting and protecting. Like I can reach and be vulnerable in a safe setting. And if it's not, then I'm gonna allow myself mm. to be more protected. And so I can navigate that those boundaries in that way. Um, and then another idea as we're kind of wrapping up for today, but um, you develop somatic resources and expand your window of tolerance. So somatic resources is talking about what are the things that our body and our nervous system need to feel regulated, balanced, supported. So it's things that we've talked about on here all the time, things like hydration, nutrients, sleep. movement, sleep, being out in nature, having time with others. Mm -hmm. Um, you can use sensory things like the good stuff, lotion, essential oils, smells, um, something soothing like hot tea, um, water of like water you can use to drink it, but you can also use a shower or a bath or putting your hands under water. Um, all these different things that we feel and take in in a somatic way in our body is giving us more support and therefore expanding our window of tolerance, mm -hmm. which is that green pathway, which is where this functional adult can reside. So all of these things strengthen our functional adult. This mm -hmm. is what helps grow us up. This is what keeps us in the present. And it's not a one-time fix. And it's not something that we can say we accomplished it and we did it and we're done. It's something that's an ongoing practice. These are ongoing skills that we check in on. It's a muscle. You got to work it out. But again, I love how all of this kind of interweaves. We're going to need a new word slash theme for all that. Maybe like the ecosystem of mental health. I'm not sure. We're going to have to workshop it. But really how we do pull on episodes from season one, or we'll pull on episodes just from wherever we're at, just because kind of all of this kind of goes in the ways that we should be treating ourselves in healthy ways and good mental health practices. 
And it's a lot of stuff that we don't learn growing up. So it's great to go through it. And it's kind of like you can't go wrong. Whenever you learn about your window of tolerance, you're also kind of learning uh, how to be a functional adult by keeping yourself within the window of tolerance. You know, it kind of mm -hmm. connects in that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's how it plays itself out is is with the boundary work is with staying in your functional adult because you're I mean, even if you look at what we just talked about with how do you heal? Step one is face your reality. You're in your reality in your you know, time for your family gathering for the holidays. Like this is my reality. I'm surrounded by some people who have done a lot of work for health and healing and some who haven't. And so how am I going to regulate myself in the middle of that? How am I going to take care of myself? If I don't have sleep, if I don't have nutrients, if I don't have water, if I'm feeling really walled off or boundaryless myself, then I'm not in a good place. I need to bring it back into balance and moderation and keep practicing. Well, thanks so much for joining us this week. Um, another great, actually, this is our last episode of 2021. So maybe we can take a minute and just, whoo, what a year. Oh, <laughs> man. Uh, but. Gratitude listen, for the whole year. Yeah. Yeah, gratitude. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> hey, <laughs> we've had so many. Reflection? You know how some TV shows have a clip show? Maybe we should just have a clip show of um, the gratitudes we did and stuff like that. That would be fabulous. But anyway, yeah, uh, yeah do we have funny. any? Uh, do we have any uh, quick ones that we want to do before we leave? Thank you, functional adult. And for everyone who's working on this work personally, uh, relationally in your parenting in your relationships with significant others or children, students, just helping make the world a better place by, um, challenging ourselves to be our best self. I'm thankful for that in the world because we need more of that. And I'm yeah, thankful here, here. when there's people doing that work, I'm thankful for colleagues and those who are, working to help, um, people heal and do their work and to sit with the suffering. I'm thankful that I'm not doing that work alone. And hmm. so thankful for, I think of that sometimes whenever in private practice, I'm thinking it's not just me. There's a whole lot of colleagues. There's a whole lot of more people mm -hmm. shout out to my, um, my cousins uh, daughter. So figure that out with relationships on like second cousin second cousin, um, just graduated with a master's in social work and got licensed. <gasps> nice. And so Congrats. I'm just excited for her to be out there in the world, bringing healing and hope and light and support to more people. We need, we need people like that. So I'm excited. Agreed. Oh, congratulations, man. I should have gone before mom. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, uh, I figured this was posting after Christmas. I've had a lot of fun um, making a blanket for my dad. So he's not going to hear this until after he's already opened it, but I've had a lot of fun. And he's making gonna it. love it. Yeah. It's super Samuel, that's amazing. Here, I'm, yeah, can I'm get... showing, uh, Sarah, this is the <gasps> prototype and Ooh. you can tell this is very soft, but that is legit. It's going to be amazing. And Look Samuel taking... made me a blanket a few years ago. Still my favorite. Great. Oh my gosh. Still holds up. It, uh, you know, there under, might, there, I should put a no dog sticker on it after I've had some space <laughs> and thought about it, <laughs> but 
Damn, you'll cut me off. No, no gratitude. My functional adult. Yep. No, I was just going to say, Sam, I, under the somatic, develop with somatic resources, I put creativity, like allow yourself time to, you know, be mind, like do mindful, creative things. And here you are making a blanket. I was just going to commend you. <laughs> anyway, um, well, thanks so much for joining us, everyone. Um, I hope you uh, learn as much as I do during all these because, man, I was just this episode made me realize how much I've learned from this. And I have that realization a lot on this show. <laughs> but anyway, um, well, have a good holidays and I will talk to you soon. Bye.